Good afternoon once more. May the Lord bless you all. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for your affection. And as well, you have understood the plan of our Lord. Because you have sacrificed and you are sacrificing to please the Lord. So therefore, this afternoon, let us pray. And we're going to thank our Lord and we're going to ask our Lord that we are willing and that we all be willing in our hearts to learn the doctrine, to learn all that the Lord may teach us. And we're going to say to our Lord that he be with us in this moment, in every moment, because today specifically, may the Lord be here rejoicing with us because we love him and we want to honor and praise him. We want to glorify him and we want to give him thanks for having known this glorious path. And this we're going to say all now in our prayer. Say thanks and also, Lord, take us by the hand, be with us. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, Holy Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord powerful, our Lord that is great and just, merciful, clement, our Lord that spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord, you that made promises to those great men. And you, my Lord, today, after thousands of years, you are the same. And you are here with us. And you are here speaking to us, comforting us, guiding us, teaching us. And above all, you are our shadow. Here at our right-hand side, you are with us making us marvelous promises and fulfilling each day more your word so that your promises may be. They are this, faithful and true. We thank you, Lord, for you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And even though years may pass, thousands of years, you are the same. But we here are a new generation. We are knowing your path. Because you have so wanted, we thank you, Lord, for this, your beautiful path. We thank you for your marvelous word, for the guidance and the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for having humbled to look upon us, for choosing us, for selecting us, so that we may know your truth and your way. Thank you, Lord. We are few among the billions of persons that there are in the world, but you, O oh Lord, have looked upon us. We do not know what we have so that you may be seeing us, and we are here. We are here before your presence. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you for this marvel. Thank you for this divine gift. Thank you for these wonders, all that you do. We do not deserve so much, but this is how you are, merciful, full of love. It is this reflected in that we, persons who are simple, humble, we are nothing. We are not so important in the world, but you, O oh Lord, 
have looked upon us from the beginning. You have called us. Thank you, Lord, for this calling. We ask, oh Lord, that today you bless each brother and sister, each man and woman, child and, or elderly, that you be blessing each one according to how you have promised and that each one you give them the blessing, the miracle, a healing that you may manifest as you have always done and that your Holy Spirit may manifest in the midst of us. Among this, your congregation, bless each one. And as well, O oh Lord, we ask for blessings for all of those brothers and sisters and persons that will be watching the video, hear the Bible study today. Bless them all, O oh Lord, in the same way. And you, O oh Lord, be with each one. Thank you, O oh Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We give you the glory and the praise for you deserve as well, O oh Lord, help us to be willing to understand and comprehend and assimilate the teaching, the doctrine, and be able to put into practice to be able to please you, to do your will. Thank you, Father, in the glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. The glory and honor be for our Lord. Let us sing a chorus. Let us sing the chorus that says, Every Day with Jesus, without music, chorus 119. Every day with Every Jesus, day chorus one nineteen. is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love Him more and more. He saves me and keeps me. He is the one I'm. Blessed is the name of our Lord. When we sing to the Lord, let us sing with our heart, meditating upon each word, upon each word, that chorus or hymn. And in that way, the Holy Spirit will come quickly, immediately will come to us. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. And let us initiate with our questions this evening. Let us commence with the first question. Sister Mary Luisa, good afternoon. May the Lord bless you. My question, sister, is in the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1, verse 3, sister. In 1 Peter, 
First Peter, chapter one, verse number thirteen. Very well, brother. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children. Not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Sister, the Lord always encourages us to fulfill His commandments, and we must be holy in all our way of living. My question is. If we do not seek to defend our freedom of religion, seek to defend the church, if we do not support the Mira party, would we be disloyal with God when He calls us to be steadfast and faithful? I think yes, brother. What happens is that there are many persons, brothers and sisters, who come to church. And they have yet to understand the plan of God. Surely there are persons that may be new, they do not understand or know. The group Mira, the political group in Colombia, is placed because the Lord allowed. And because the Lord has so wanted that it be maybe as an obstacle. We don't know for whom, but it is an obstacle. Let us remember that the Lord Jesus Christ was the stumbling block for the Jews. Jesus Christ said that as a stumbling stone, he was placed for the Jews because the Lord had given the word of God to the Jews through Moses by the law. And the people never wanted, they didn't obey, they were disobedient, they didn't obey the Lord. And God, to punish them, placed that stumbling block so that they would stumble with this stone and would fall and would be destroyed. And this stone was our Lord Jesus Christ. And precisely Jesus Christ, when he came to preach, the Jews did not believe in him. They did not believe. On the contrary, they put him to death. And this is the stumbling block. They fell upon him because they lost their salvation. They lost the glory of God. And we today, we are here in the presence of God. The Lord is teaching us. The Lord is guiding us, counseling us. He is teaching us many steps to follow. The Lord approved Mita. The Lord approved the foundation. Why the foundation has been so successful? Because it has been a plan of God. And the Lord told us how to work, how we had to do things. And the same thing with Mita. All of this is guided by the hand of the Lord. In these two entities, the Lord is there. Thank you. Thank you. And may that round of applause be to say yes, not to say no. So each person should drown in their own ideas. But if we are humble and if we accept the will of God, the Lord will prosper us and bless us. 
and we will not be boastful, rebellious, because many examples we have of being boastful and rebellious against God. So since these two entities, I say, I call them, have been approved and placed by God, we have seen the prosperity, for example, of the foundation. We have seen this of Mita. There have been many enemies who wanted to destroy and remove, forming scandals, making up lies. The same thing with the church. But since it is from God, he does not allow. And the Lord has guarded and has protected. It is this. This is why, this is why, brothers and sisters, we should not be cowardly nor be ashamed to speak of the plans of God. Why should we be ashamed? We should have our head on high and say to the people of who we are, why are we going to hide our identity spiritually if our Lord is greater and more powerful than anything in the world? So we are the children of God. We should raise our head on high and not be ashamed to say, I am a child of God. I'm from the church. I am a follower of the Bible. I am a follower and I work with Mita. I am part of the foundation. And we don't know what else from now on, what the Lord may order or what he may raise up, other entities he may form for the service of the community and for the example to the world to say the children of God are people who are good, people of God, people who are honest, people who do do things honestly, correctly, without their own self-ambition and who want to do things without greed and for love of the people, for love of others. Because this love, not only to the brothers and sisters in Christ, but love to any person in the world who needs, who do not have of God, but we have to love them and feel affection for them and extend our hand to them, any person. So brother, it is not bad. It is not a sin. And everything is a plan of God. A stumbling block, the Lord Christ said it would be for some persons in the world. But this is not our fault that we be a stumbling block for some. We are simply an example of dignity, of righteousness. This is what God wants. Very well, brothers and sisters. Another question? Because I, that poor brother didn't even let him speak. Brother, your question, did, did you have another? Um, sister, I also had another question regarding the angel of the Lord. Yes, brother. My question, sister, is that in the Old Testament, there are several verses that talk about the manifestation of the angel of the Lord back then. And there is a manifestation in Genesis 24, 7, sister, Yes. It states, The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying to your descendants, I give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. Referring to when Abraham was looking for a wife for Isaac. And the other manifestation of the angel of God is in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 3, verse 2. 
which states, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and the bush was not consumed. When Moses had that presence of the angel of the Lord before Moses, Afterwards, there was another event when the angel of the Lord spoke to the people and he spoke in a direct way in Judges 2 from 1 to Yes, 20. brother, yes. There are many verses in the Old Testament that mention the angel of the Lord. But let us say, what is it that you want to know regarding the angel of the Lord? Uh, sister, whether he manifested himself physically or it was a spiritual manifestation because... It says that he manifested physically, manifested fi like a man, as if he was a Jew, a normal Jew with his clothing, the garments during that time. In that way, he presented himself, the angel of the Lord, to those persons. This is why Abraham, when the angel of the Lord presented himself, he said to wait that he was going to offer him food that he sacrificed animals to offer him food to eat. It was because they were persons, normal persons. If it would have been a spirit, he simply would have heard the voice and he would not maybe even have given him credit. He would not have heard. But the Lord in his manifestations during that time were physical. Simply, they disappeared. This as well happened with the high priest Melchizedek that it was a king who appeared to Abraham, appeared to him physically, but truly he was the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a spirit that later then was invisible to the eyes of the person. After he did his task, then later he would disappear, and then the people, those persons, would no longer see these, these persons. They would then disappear. But yes, the Lord did physically appear to them. Today as well, brothers and sisters, today as well, the Lord to many brothers and sisters has appeared physically, but appears as if he was a police officer or a judge or he was a regular man or woman, any other person. This is how the Lord comes to help them, to give them a blessing, to guide them, to aid them. To give them advice, something in a perfect moment, the Lord does the same thing today with us. This is why, let us remember that the Apostle Peter taught during that time. When he taught, he said, do not forget to give housing. Because in the antiquity, many gave housing to angels without even knowing it. So, here in the gospel, he told Peter... Now in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the same will occur. You are going to open your doors. You may help an angel, someone sent by God. And this occurs. This is normal. The apostle Paul as well appeared to him as well. An angel speaking to him and he saw the others did not. And these manifestations until today's date, the Lord can do with us. This is why we never not trust when you are in danger or you're in a place, no matter how remote, no matter how impossible, that you are there between the rock and a hard place, you say, oh, there's no way to escape here. There's nothing to be done. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to get shot. They're going to take me. Do not mistrust 
because he can send an angel or the Lord himself will manifest in whomever he wants in something and he can save you and guard you and keep you. This happens. This is why we have to walk well before the Lord. We have to walk in righteousness because if we live in sin, the Lord will never be with us, nor is he going to save us or keep us or guard us. We need to walk always in a righteous path before the Lord so that he can be with us and manifest so marvelous as he did with his people there with these persons that we read in the Bible. Very well, let us continue. Sister Maria Lisa, you are our inspiration, our hope that we can reach everything with God. Thank you, sister, for teaching us to love God. This is the greatest gift that a person can receive. Sister, I have a question in the first of Timothy chapter three, verse one. First Timothy. Yes, ma'am. Chapter three. Yes. Verse one, the word yes. of the Lord reads. Yes, sister. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Sister, my question is, if someone in their free will wishes and longs to be a bishop, pastor, or evangelist, with just by longing it and if the person prepares their heart, can God give them that calling? In other words, that longing is already part of that calling or is everything predestined? How can we convince God that we are capable of that good work of becoming bishops? Well, the sister says that is it a predestined? If the person is already predestined to do a certain thing, can he not ask for another? If we do not know, since we as human beings, we do not know what is the plan that God has for us. If I do not know, then I can desire many things. I can want many things. And the Lord surely may laugh. Look at what she wants. Look at what he desires. Look at what he says. But I have for her this or that. So therefore, the sister says, our free will, what we want, what we desire, we want to serve God. We want to be preachers, pastors. We want to be prophets. And there the apostle says, if you want to be a prophet, then you have to fulfill such requirements that you be unreproachable, blameless, that you no one can say that you did this or that. No one can say something against you because you are holy, righteous, blameless. So that you be a husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, meaning of good behavior, prudent, hospitable, able to teach, that you not be given to wine, not violent, not obscene words, not greedy for money, not greedy for money. In this, when people give money, how do you call this? Those who, who borrow money with high interest, who lend money with an extreme high interest, that's greedy for money. 
And there are many ways that people work with greed for money. Some like to steal, some like to threaten, some like to take. All this is greedy for money. There are many ways that this be fulfilled, this greedy for money, dishonest. So we can desire to work and serve God whichever way, but the Lord has his plans and he places us to work and he places us where he has already decided where he has for us separated. But since he does not tell us, this is why he allows us to think and analyze, project. But what is important is what he wants is for us to be righteous in our life that we have a good and just life. This is what he wants. The rest, he allows us for us to think and, and plan many things. And at the end, we will do what the Lord wants us to do. It is this. This is our Lord. Let us continue. Let us continue with another question. Sister, good afternoon. May God bless you. I testify for the honor and glory of the Lord that it is a fulfilled promise, me being here before you asking you this question. I have two questions. My first question is in Philippians, New Testament, book of Philippians, verse 12, chapter 2, verse 12. Philippians 2.12. Yes, brother. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is my first question, sister. What does it mean? What does the Apostle Paul mean when he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, meaning that when I am there with you, all are obedient, all are submissive, all are doing things correctly. But not only in my presence, but also when I am absent, work and live a great life. This is what the apostle is saying. Not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear of loving God. To love the Lord, respect, value. To love the Lord. And trembling is to be careful of falling in sin. Do not sin. When you are tempted to fall in sin, worry. Do say, no, the Lord is watching. I am offending God. The Lord is going to take away points. The Lord is going to stop my spiritual blessings. Everything's going to be put on pause. I'm not going to do this. This is trembling that we meditate upon before falling in the trap of the enemy. Meditate in the consequences in what will occur later on before we fall. Let us think. If we give loose, think if we give loose rein to our flesh, this is the fear and trembling that he says to trembling that we will lose the blessings of God and that the Lord may punish. It is this. 
Let us continue. I'll continue. Now in verse, the following verse, verse 13. I repeat, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. My question, sister, has to do with the fact that several times as a congregation, we have received instructions and um, guidelines pertaining to public statements and positions the church has taken relating to a, a, an affair, whether doctrinal or social. And we find ourselves in the congregation also having debates because of different points of view, which causes controversy. Sister, if you can please teach us, emphasize on this and exhort us about this so that we do not become disobedient and then start doing things, complaining and disputing. I think, brother, that if we do not understand what they are telling us, it would be very good to ask. An order comes to me that we need to do this or that. I don't understand. I think it's wrong. I think it's not correct. I don't see that things would be that way. I'm not in agreement. Before sinning, I should ask those that are giving me this order. Explain to me because I don't understand. Explain to me clearer because I'm not in agreement because I think that things should be this or that way. And you're telling me to do the other. That would be what was correct. That is what would seem that the brother speaks that when instructions may arrive in the administrative aspect or the directive of the church and that maybe he says, no, I'm not in agreement. Why is it done this way or that way? So better is to ask so that there can be an explanation to give my point of view, perhaps that maybe I'm not understanding and then we can be clear before there is any type of gossip or misunderstanding. Do all things without without gossip or disputing, without complaining and disputing when the gospel is being spoken, when things were being told in the houses, there was not any places that were spacious or there was not any room to do the gatherings. They were in people's homes. There were small groups in each location. There was complaining. He that maybe was there in charge teaching and giving orders or suggestions and the rest of the person said no it's not that way I'm not in agreement you're living in sin you shouldn't be teaching you shouldn't give any orders so there was these problems and these situations within the congregation and they disrespected the deacon the deacon or the person that was in charge this is why the apostle emphasizes that each one struggle for their own salvation and be cautious of, of complaining and gossiping and disputing or gossiping that would destroy other spiritual lives instead of giving solutions that we had to be cautious of this. So I say today, how would we live according to this verse? Today as well, this presents itself within the congregation 
someone who's not in agreement, someone who says, oh, I don't, I'm not in agreement with Brother Andres, how he speaks, how, or Brother Carlos Alberto because of this or that. Why did he say? Why didn't he say? And so perhaps there are persons, I'm going to talk to Mario, Sister Maria Luisa because I don't like the way she sings. People are like this. So this is called complaining. And it's true. There are many persons, oh, I don't like her voice. Oh, because she sings so ugly. I don't like her voice. Well, I don't sing for the people. I sing for God. So surely the Lord, brothers and sisters, this, this becomes complaining and disputing. And the person says, oh, she sings so ugly. Oh, but I'm a professional. I sing so much better than her. And this contaminates your spiritual life. There you are contaminating other spiritual lives. And then you listen and you're understanding what her complaint is. And you say, oh, well, you know what? I've never paid attention if she sings ugly or not. Oh, maybe she is out of tune. Oh, I don't like her voice in this song. And there other persons are starting to hear this. And their spiritual life is starting to be harmed. And the Lord is not pleased with this because what the Lord wants is for the persons to go to what is important, to look for God, to worship the Lord, to praise his name, to sing to the Lord with a good voice or the bad voice in tune, out of tune, to simply glorify his name, to respect what every person does because what they do is great because the Lord is pleased with what each one does when you do so. And if not, the Lord will deliver you, free you, teach you. The Lord is who does all things. So as you can see, brothers and sisters, today as well, this phenomenon is seen that for more than 2,000 years occurred there in, in Europe. So the Apostle Paul teaching, and we today as well have to teach because in the same way, there is complaining, and this does not please our, our Lord this, because it defiles the spiritual life of others. Those that are new specifically, those who do not have sufficient doctrine or spiritual maturity, and they are the ones that are harmed and leave the church. So it is better, brothers and sisters, that each one of us keep our comments to ourselves, and let us be prudent and if I criticize someone, I keep it to my own thoughts and I tell no one so no one is affected. The only one affected is myself. And the Lord will tell me you're mistaken or maybe you're right in, your, uh, in what you're thinking. So it is this. This happens. Do all things without complaining. Let us continue. Sister Maria Luisa, may the Lord bless you. Yes, Welcome sister, to the you. city of Via Vicencio. It is the promise of the Lord fulfilled. I have two questions in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 10 to 14. Romans, chapter 13. 13, verse 10 to 14. Verse 10 through 14. Romans, chapter 13, verse 10. Married. All the brothers and sisters, hopefully you're in the scripture to learn the doctrine. Yes, sister. Thank you, sister. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. 
Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. My first question is, in what way can the believer reach the armor of light for their spiritual growth? It says, let us read where the sister read in verse 10. That says, love does no harm to a neighbor. What danger or harm would love do? Why, brothers and sisters? Because we know what love is. Love is what? To not sin. To not practice any type of sin. And if you do not practice any type of sin, how are you not going to help the he that is at your side, whoever it may be? You make him happy because you not see that this person, you're never going to receive any offense or sarcasm or wrongful words or obscene words, criticisms. Hate, hate, grudges, lies, so many things. You're not going to receive this because a person is not practice any of these things. This person is merciful. This person has patience, simple, well-educated, well-mannered. So you feel good with this person who is there at your side. A person, a man or woman, who has much of God. And you are going to feel the peace, the tranquility. This, the love, does no harm to a neighbor. So, so therefore, it is the fulfillment of the law, the law of Moses, or the law of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is love. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ said that he would raise up his church. Perfect. Without stain, without wrinkle, a church that is perfect for him, full of love, a church of love where sin is not practiced. This is what the verse 10 reads, 11, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Previously, the people of Israel, the Jews, were sleeping without God, without the knowledge of the Lord. They were as if they were sleeping. When the Lord Christ came to preach the gospel, he awakens them. He says, awake, no longer sleep. Awake, the time of salvation has come. The gospel, the good news of salvation has come. So he says, it is time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is near than what we first believed. So here, certain years have passed from the day they believed in the gospel to this date. Many years had passed. Surely the people were more mature, more understanding, and saying we are closer to our salvation, he says. And he continues, the night is far spent, meaning referring to age, to their age. How long ago did you know the word of the Lord? Some 40 years, other 50, other 30. So we say the night is far spent for you. 
The night is far spent. Time has passed. I'm closer to salvation. I am closer to being with God. This is what we think and what is being said by the apostle. So it says the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, meaning stop sinning, abandon the sin, abandon the beliefs, the religiousness, idolatry, abandon all of those superstitions, abandon all of these things, zodiac signs, horoscopes, these, the new moon, the this and that. How is the moon today? How is the sun? How are the stars? Abandon all of those beliefs and superstitions. That all has to be left behind. All of those things are the work of darkness. And let us cast off all these things of ignorance. And let us put on the armor of light. This, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the support of God. Let us be dressed with the doctrine of the Lord, of the knowledge of the Lord. Let us be dressed with this armor of our God. This is what it says that we should be dressed in and prepare ourselves. Because in the midst that time passes, that years pass, closer we are to eternity. And it says, let us walk properly as in the day. Not, not in reverly and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife, using sex for many things that are worldly, that exist. I am not speaking of a marriage or couples. I'm speaking, I'm speaking of out of marriage. Those are being promiscuous. That is what I'm speaking of here in lewdness and lust. It says, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Meaning, do not give loose rein to the flesh, to the desires, to the pleasures of the flesh, to the pleasures that the world offers. So the flesh or this body be satisfied to this we not need to give loose rein, not need to give any opportunity, but better yet, to be dressed each day more spiritually of the Lord. And let's be filled with the Lord. Let us be filled with God in every aspect that we walk, in every place that we are, wherever we may be, always we need to be dressed with our Lord Christ. Very well. Another question? Good afternoon, Sister Maria Luisa. Welcome to Via Vicencio. I have a question in the Bible, if you will allow me. It's in Matthew 3, 16. Matthew chapter 3, 16. verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Sister Marlisa, my question is, what does it refer to when it says the heavens were open to him? Sister Marlisa, thank you so much for your love and dedication to the path of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. Thank you. Well, the sister says, that, why does it say that the heavens were opened? 
The heavens were opened is an expression, a way of saying, this is just a manner of speaking. Let us remember that the Gospels are a compilation that these evangelists created, asking the persons, all those that were witnesses, and saw the Lord Jesus Christ with the apostles. They saw him working. They saw him doing miracles, marvels, preaching the gospel and the doctrine. They were witnesses. So the, the evangelist investigated, they questioned. So the persons, this is how they spoke. This is what the witness understood, that he expressed himself in that manner. I saw that the heavens were opened. If you would have asked me, I would have said, I saw the heavens or the clouds expanded. I maybe would have expressed myself in that way. So I saw the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. That is what I saw. That is a way of expressing. We're not going to stop in being profound in a specific word. There's no need for that. There's no need for giving an in-depth explanation, simply a way of expressing how they saw. For the person, they saw the heavens, the other saw the cloud, and that's normal. The Both ways you can express. You can say the cloud, you can say the clouds, or the heaven, the heavens. Let us continue. Let us continue forward. Another question? Good afternoon, Sister Maria Luisa. Welcome to these beautiful lands. We greet you and we receive you with open arms. Thank you. If you will allow me, I have two questions. The first question is in Jonah chapter 4, verse 9. May I read, sister? Yes, sister. Jonah? 4, 9. Yes. Jonah chapter 4, 9. Yes, sister, you may read. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. And based on this verse, I want to know up to what point our anger affects our spiritual life. Well, sister, let us not confuse the angry in that moment that Jonah had. Let us not be confused with the temper and the rage that consistently we may have by our nature. We here may say our temper. In other places, they may say they are angry. He's very hot-tempered, you can say. We say he's very temperamental. That man or woman is temperamental. In another place, you may say, oh, he's very rage, hot-tempered. He's full of rage. That anger that Jonah had was just momentarily. We're not saying that Jonah's hot-tempered. No, he was simply angry momentarily in that moment that he needed. Why? He was in a desert. He was in the sun. The plant was giving him a shade. And when the Lord had the plant dry... Of course, then Jonah was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable and he was upset in that moment. How is it possible that this plant is now dry? How am I now going to find shade? I'm burning. 
So this is when he becomes upset. Not that you could say that he's a, someone who's hot-tempered. No, he's simply angry in that moment. It's natural. Anyone would be upset in that moment. Any man or woman would be upset. Remember, the Lord would become upset. Something natural. But the Lord took advantage that anger of Jonah in that moment to tell him, and this is why you become angry, because the plant was dried. So Jonah said, yes, this is why I'm angry. Because now I no longer have shade. No longer is it an umbrella for me. Very well. But the Lord gave a solution. The Lord gave a teaching to Jonah. Gave him the teaching and told him, you worry so much for a plant. And I'm not going to worry for a people, for all of a city, for an entire city. So he learned, Jonah learned as well, to be merciful. And we thank our Lord. Another question? Another question? Sister, good evening. May God bless you. The region of the plains are embellished with your visit, sister. We embrace our queen and we welcome you to this beautiful land, sister. Sister, I have a question in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. If you allow me to, sister, please. 2 Corinthians 11. Yes, ma'am. Verse 3. The Apostle Paul said, But I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And then the Apostle Paul suggests in verse 12, saying... 12. Yes, ma'am. Verse 12. Same chapter. Verse 12. But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be unregarded, just as we are in the things which of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder... For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. My question is, how can we go about discovering this deceitful plotting from the wicked one? Because the passage is clear. He dresses as an angel of light, sister, to see if you could please... Give us guidelines so as to not fall into the traps of the wicked one and not deviate from the true gospel. May God bless you. Very well. Thank you, brother. This is why we need to have the doctrine. We need to learn doctrine. With the doctrine, we will not allow ourselves to be deceived by the enemy. With the doctrine, we won't be tricked by false teachings of the people. There are many persons who are possessed by spirits. The devil uses them to enter into the congregation to disturb the comfort of the brothers and sisters, the believers, and they begin to speak to them and tell them, oh, I had a dream of this or that. I had a vision and I saw this. In the vision, the Lord said for you to do this or that, that you should leave, that you should not be in this church, and that we should form our own church, or we should go in this or that. We should gather in my home, and that's where we should pray, because this is what the Lord told me, and to told you, tell you to accompany me, because in this church, they don't look for God. This church is now materialistic. 
So now walk with me. This, here is the devil disguised as light. When it says that he's transformed here as light, it means disguised. Words that supposedly dress the ear or enlighten the ear, make beautiful words, seeming words that just that you love God, that the Lord is pleased with you, that he is going to bless you, that he is going to use you, but that you have to leave the congregation for that to happen. There the devil is transformed as angel of light to trick you. So the other person says, oh, how beautiful. He's telling me that I am looking for God, that he is going to give me gifts. Oh, I'm going to go with you. When are we going to gather? Where? Give me the address and we can gather there. And there it begins. And there the devil is transformed as angel of light. Why angel of light? Because he's saying truce. He's saying certain truths, beautiful words that sweeten the ear. This is what it means, angel of light. The devil directly comes to show his horns and first beginning to sweeten the ear of the person or to say sweet things and fall in the trap. But he that knows the doctrine will not be tricked or convinced. Because if the other person that knows the doctrine, what he's going to say is, why are you telling me these things? Why are you saying the Lord says that this church is no longer and we have to go somewhere else to form another church? That is a lie because the Lord from the beginning showed me that this was his church. And the Lord from the beginning told me that, that he supports it. So what you're saying to me is a lie and it's a mistake. He that knows the doctrine defends defends the church, defends what he has learned in the church because knows and understands the doctrine and will not be deceived by the devil. This is what occurs. So this is why here it is counseling and teaching to be cautious and careful because the devil can deceive you because he is saying beautiful words. Telling you, oh, you're a woman that prays. Oh, you're a woman that looks for God. You're a man that loves God. Even telling you private things. <clears throat> All of this, meaning angel of light. To later come and bury his claws in your spiritual life. The devil is always worked. The devil always working. 50 years the church has been formed, and in these 50 years the devil has worked. But thanks be to the Lord for the doctrine, we have never been deceived by him. And the Lord has guarded us and protected us always, protected us. The doctrine and something else, to have the doctrine and to have support by God, to have the calling of the Lord. This is what saved us and has saved us always. So you have to learn, you have to read the Bible, and you have to be willing in your heart for God. Because if you read the Bible, but you are not willing in your heart for the Lord, and you read and read and learn, but it is of no value because your heart is far from God. So the Lord is not going to support you. The Lord is not going to help you. You have to read the Bible, but as well, you have to be willing to please our Lord, to love our Lord, 
be righteous and sincere with him. It is this. This is what is going to save us, that the devil come and deceive us. Let us continue forward. Another question. Welcome, Sister Marilisa. For all of us, it's such a great privilege to have you here. Sister, my question is in Second of Peter, chapter 2, verse 21. Second Peter, chapter 2, 21. It yes. says, For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Sister, we know that it is also written that our heart reprimands us through our conscience. But those people who, even through their conscience, they determine not to return to church, even having served the Lord, wouldn't it be better to reflect upon this verse? And what do we do about those family members that we love and we hoped for them not to turn back? We become very sad when someone turns back and they don't return to church. We feel sad, sadness. But either way, nothing can we do. Simply pray and ask the Lord for these persons. Surely these persons have read one and many times these verses and have not understood because their mind, their way of thinking is very far from the Lord, far from pleasing God. And this is why they read and don't understand. But we simply pray and ask the Lord for the people that leave the church. We pray for those that have not arrived. We have to have patience and that it be of example so that we can protect and be firm and steadfast and persevere in the path of the Lord. Because the Lord gives prizes and rewards to he that stays. This is what we need to do. Let us continue forward. Good afternoon, sister. God bless you. Welcome here to the city in Villavicencio, both you and your companions. Today, Villavicencio and the Department of Meta, we, our hearts are bursting because we know that you are here. And we're all, we also know that whenever you visit a place, blessings from God are, do not delay. Thank you, sister, and may God bless you. Thank you. Yes, brother. My question is as follows, sister. It is in the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 12. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, 12. Yes, ma'am. That chapter where in the Lord Jesus as the bridegroom praises the church, if you allow me to, sister, I will read starting with verse 10, and the Bible states, verse 10, how fair is your love my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes than all spices. Verse 11. Your lips, O oh my spouse, drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue and the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Verse 12. A garden enclosed 
is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Sister, this verse confused me a little bit when I read it, and I came up to came to two conclusions. And after those two conclusions, I don't know if they're correct, but then I have my final question. And as I was saying an instant ago, in this chapter, the bridegroom, which is the Lord Jesus, praises the church. We know that the church of God ministry, the, the church of the Lord, we find our true God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have learned that the Lord Jesus Christ is the fountain of the water of life. And so, sister, when I read this verse and when I find the, the point where it refers to the church as a spring shut up, a fountain sealed, and I researched what it means and I found going through the uses and customs of the people of Israel that the expression a, found, a spring shut up and a fountain sealed refers to a, ma a woman who has not been with a man. If that is correct, then I analyze, if you will, sister, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only bridegroom of the wife, which is the church, speaking about faithfulness. And if this is correct, if my thought process, which I just outlined, is correct, then my question is as follows. In this verse, sister, could we say that the Lord Jesus, as the husband, is praising the faithfulness of the church? Very well, brother. I respect your conclusions, but let us read. Verse 10. That reads, How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. Sister, because it is sister. Because the church is the sister of the Lord Jesus. Because... It says, if we're speaking physically, he was born of a woman who was a Jew. And then later, the church is formed by Jews and Gentiles. More Gentiles than Jews, surely. So there is sister and then my spouse, who the woman who becomes a spouse. How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes and all spices? Your lips... There's speaking of the honeycomb, milk and honey. Why does it say there's milk and honey under your tongue? Referring to the worship and the praise. And all that the church, which is formed of men and women, all of the praise, the worship, the words, beautiful praise that is spoken to our Lord. Since they come and flow from our mouth, it says under your tongue is milk and honey. I think that's how it should be because the church of our Lord formed by men and women. Human beings matter, a matter that later the Lord forms spiritual. There it is, what we do, the songs, the prayers, all that flows from our mouth to glorify and honor our Lord. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the gifts in each man and woman that form the church of the Lord. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. He is the only one that is going to be with his wife. Even though 
the Lord says there in Isaiah, I don't remember, the Lord says that Israel was a harlot that went towards idolatry and other gods, the balls, all the other gods of these nations, that she became a prostitute, a harlot, that she became adulterous. This the Lord said through the prophets that his people Israel had done, that she became a prostitute. So she was not a virgin because she had been a prostitute and an adulteress. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he does his marvelous work and says, I'm going to give my life for this people who believe in me, I forgive. So their sins are going to be forgotten. From now on, you shall be a virgin for me. This is what the Lord did. Convert an adulteress into a virgin. This is what he did, Christ. The people were adulterers because of sin. And the Lord became the became a virgin for the people. The people became a virgin for him in celebrating the wedding of the lamb. This is why in the power of the Lord, the, which he converts his church into a virgin after she was an adulteress, speaking of the people in the antiquity, a fountain shut up, a fountain spring. No one is going to defile you. No one is going to do harm. No one is going to deceive. The doors of hell will not prevail against you because I'm going to protect you and guard you because you are sealed up for me until the chosen day. The chosen day is there in that final judgment until the day of the wedding, which is when the Lord Jesus Christ takes his church as the wife. This virgin that he became, she became a virgin after being a harlot and imagine the power of God. This is the power of God. And this is the blessing that the Lord gives to his church. Glory to the Lord. Let us pray to our Lord. Let us pray to our Lord. But before let us sing this chorus that says with prayer, I come prayer. I come. With prayer I come, chorus 159. I come here before your sight to tell you, O Lord, to tell you, O Lord, you're my soul's delight. With prayer I come, with prayer I come to pour out my into songs I burst into songs your praises I sing I burst into tears I burst into tears of joy for my king with prayer I come with prayer I come to pour out Blessed is the name of our Lord. 
Let us praise our Lord and give freedom to the Holy Spirit this afternoon. Blessed Lord, blessed, our Creator and He that governs us. Exalted is your name, O Lord. Worshipped are you forevermore. Blessed Lord, may the worship flow from the depth of our being for you because you deserve, O King. You are our Lord, our Father, our Creator, and He that controls our King of kings, Lords of lords. To you shall come all men and will humble before you and will praise your name because you are great, because you are just, because your mercy is forevermore, because your love is eternal. Your promises are faithful and true. Your word is true. Thank you, eternal Lord. Thank you for letting yourself be known. Thank you for you exist because you are great, because you made us with your powerful hand. We are your creatures, O oh Lord. We are work of your hands. And look, O oh Lord, all the men and women who have come. They are here, O oh Lord, to search for your favors, to implore your mercy, your love, your blessings, your miracles, your signs, your marvels. They are here looking for your manifestation, your power. Great are you, O Lord. Extend your hand, your hand of power. Do miracles and signs in each life and each heart. Do miracles and signs, O Lord, healing. Healing the soul, the physical body. Removing illnesses, incurable diseases, all incurable illness. And as well, O oh Lord, look at those whom have been born in their mind, those who cannot reason, those who cannot care for themselves. They cannot think nor speak. Simply they live in a vegetable state. Have mercy with these persons, O oh Lord. Look at their families, their parents, their loved ones, aunts, brothers, sisters that suffer because they are there bedridden. They cannot have a normal activity as we do. Father, have mercy on them. Look upon them, O oh Lord. And I say, my children, that I am going to give blessings, that I'm going to give deliverance and healing to all of he that is willing in their heart to do my will and to love my word and to love my ways, to do what I order you, what I tell you always. And I am going to bless and I'm going to deliver and I'm going to break chains and I'm going to remove shackles and burdens and I'm going to remove from the slavery of the devil many those that are being enslaved by the devil and I'm going to free them and I'm going to give them the happiness and I'm going to give them peace and triumph and tranquility. My hand is upon each one of you. Upon each one, I am giving a blessing. 
On some, I have given spiritual blessings and other material blessings. Physically, in others, I'm giving deliverance, healings. I'm removing curses and spells. Removing as well powers that the enemy has given to some to do harm to others. This is why I am manifesting. And this is why I want you to know that each one is going to receive a compensation today. Many blessings and many triumphs and many victories. As well, I'm going to give many rewards and material gifts as is monies that some need and I shall give money. So convert yourselves and look with all of your heart and continue forward and make the effort because you have to believe and continue forward and not be anguished, but believe that I am in the path of each one and that each one look for your own, but look for my face, look for me first. And do not look for your own efforts or your own ways because you will find nothing, nothing you can reach. So therefore do not be saddened, but be joyful in your hearts and deposit your trust in my power, in my work, in my true gospel. Look for my truth and continue this way. Continue forward because I'm going to bless. I am blessing. There shall be blessings for all. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Eternal Lord. Thank you, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, King. Thank you, Holy, Holy, Lords of Lords, powerful, omnipotent Lord, powerful Lord, gracious Lord. I thank you, my Father. I thank you, my Father, Holy Lord. I thank you, my Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Blessed and exalted are you forevermore. How great are you, my Lord. How great are you, King of kings, Almighty Lord, King of hosts, Lord, glorious King, Almighty Lord, powerful Lord, Heavenly Father, you that extend your hand of might, Gracious are you, the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will send the power of your Holy Spirit. You will send spiritual blessings and the spiritual gifts, Lord, in perfection. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessings. Send your power, O oh Lord. Send your power, O oh Lord. Send your power, my Lord, my King. You that protect, do not forget us, O oh Lord. Do not allow, O oh Lord, that we be distracted, O oh Lord, and that we separate from you. Do not allow it, O oh Lord. Remove the distractions, O oh Lord, from our path. Remove the distractions, O oh Lord. Blessed Lord. All-powerful Lord, gracious King, glorious Lord, you that live forevermore. Thank you, O Lord, gracious, O Lord, powerful Lord, powerful Lord, omnipotent Lord. Holy, holy is the Lord. Holy is my Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, eternal Lord. Thank you, my Father. 
Worshipped is your name. Glorified are you, O Lord. Blessed forevermore. Blessed forevermore, O Lord. Glorious are you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Glorious is the Lord. Powerful is the Lord. Glorious is the Lord. Wondrous is the Lord. Glorious Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glorious Lord. Blessed Lord. Eternal Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to my Lord. Glory be to my Lord. Here, Lord, we are, that you are great and just, merciful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. Chorus 12. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. And he gives me overwhelming and pure joy. If you are filled with rapture, let your songs abound. If you are filled with rapture, dance and praise the Lord. If you are filled with rapture, let your voice be known. God will give you overwhelming and pure joy. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. And he gives me overwhelming and pure joy. If you are filled with rapture, let your songs abound. If you are filled with rapture, dance and praise the Lord. If you are filled with rapture, let your voice be known. God will give you overwhelming and pure joy. Blessed is our Lord. Thanks be to the all-powerful Lord. Thanks be to our Lord. For his promises, for his marvels that he did today, our Lord. And thanks be to that glorious promises that he made. Thank you. Let us love our Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul. May the Lord bless you. May God bless you all. Thank you. And until the next time, do not forget that we're going to be together every eight days. Every eight days, we're going to be enjoying the Bible study so do not feel I'm so far away because I'm so close to you there on the screen. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.